Ryan's clothes were equally unique. Over a loose-fitting purple shirt and buckskin pants, he wore a red velvet coat with a row of bright brass buttons that gleamed in the sunlight. Over the coat, a blue cloak was draped, the collar trimmed with white lace. His footwear consisted of a pair of high-heeled, knee-high black boots. On his head rested a broad-brimmed Spanish-style hat. He had a rifle, two pistols, and an ornate curved sword attached to a belt inlaid with silver studs. A large, finely-tooled leather bag was over his right shoulder. His arm wrapped around it as if the contents were valuable. Civilization, Ezra repeated. I can't hardly wait. It's been twenty years since those bastards got their paws on me. Twenty damn years. I'd give anything to be able to live them over again as a free man. Nate didn't blame the old trapper for being bitter. Hampton had been a captive of a tribe called the Sagali, who recently had taken Winona and Evelyn captive too. All three would still be in their clutches if Nate had not rescued them. "'You're lucky my pa came to save us,' his daughter commented. "'That I was, Sprout,' Ezra conceded. "'But if I could, I'd go on back there with enough black powder to blow the sons of bitches to kingdom come.' Winona gave Hampton a cross look. "'I will thank you not to use profanity in the presence of my daughter.' So you keep telling me, Ezra said. Are you afraid her ears will fall off? Or I'll taint her with my nasty language? He tittered. I can't help it. Using cuss words is as natural as breathing. It's how I've always talked. Perhaps it is time for you to change then. A person is never too old to acquire good manners. Mirth peeled from Ezra in hearty guffaws. Only a female would come up with such a fool notion. Manners are for polite society, for prissy sorts who need five spoons just to eat soup. He slapped his thigh in amusement. You're a living revelation, lady. I had no idea Indian women could be as silly as white gals. Tell me, Mr. Hampton, before you were taken captive, were you ever married? Winona inquired. No, I sure wasn't. I am not surprised. Nate chortled. His wife could more than hold her own in a battle of wits, as the trapper had readily learned. The two constantly squabbled, largely because Ezra was as ornery as the year was long and as feisty as a randy goat. The foothills ahead were covered with pines. Higher up, firs and stands of shimmering aspens were prevalent. Higher still towered the regal peaks. Nate's gaze was drawn to a notch on a sawtooth ridge, a possible pass over the range to the country beyond. Say, Pa... Evelyn said casually. Yes? Nate absently replied as he pondered the easiest route to reach the ridge. It would take the better part of the day, at least. Are there any white folks living hereabouts? 
Not that I know of, Nate said. Only a few whites called the Rockies home. The number of settlers could be counted on two hands. Think there are any mountaineers in these parts? Nate glanced down at her. Mountaineers was the term mountain men used to describe themselves, and none lived within a hundred miles or better. I doubt it. Why all these questions, Princess? I was just wondering what all these shod tracks are doing here is all. Only then did Nate realize the ground underfoot was pockmarked with hoof prints made by horses fitted with horseshoes. He had been so intent on the mountains, he hadn't noticed. Dumbfounded, he sank onto a knee and ran a hand over the impressions. Evelyn hunkered next to him.